Think of a giant bouncy castle complex and now just imagine a bouncy castle where rather than bouncing on top, you enter through an airlock into a honeycombed catacomb-like fantasia inside, a sort of portable dream architecture to get lost in. Thin layers of plastic bathing you in colour below below minarets and cupola and soft stained glass windows. It's all the work of an English designer, Alan Parkinson, and his team Architects of Air. Arborealis Luminarium has been installed for a week this summer in Cathedral Square in Ototahi Christchurch as part of the Bread and Circus World Buskers Festival. Now millions of people in over 40 countries have previously entered Parkinson's creation since he began Architects of Air back in 1992. I spoke to Alan in the UK earlier this week and I started by asking him about Arborealis and its interesting context in Christchurch because when you think of it, an inflatable cathedral in a square with a ruined cathedral in a city which also suffered the trauma of a mass shooting in a mosque back in 2019. I like that you are associating us as, as being cathedral-like. I appreciate that because I think there is a, an element of the structures that uh, that does take something from uh, that kind of architecture. And I, I guess a, a space of healing for people, clearly, in the way that you know places of worship are. And I, and I, I mentioned the mosque shooting we had here. I mean, you know, that you 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 have Islamic as well as Christian kind of elements yes. in your your designs, don't you? Yes, 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 and I, and I, you know I've experienced visitors coming out of the structure, you know, who will talk of of, of finding a, a kind of consolation in there. Most visitors, you know, they probably don't need any particular consolation, but some <laughs> some people will will be moved to tears. And uh, there is something in the nature, I think, of uh, being um, in an environment that is that is light and that is embracing. Does bring out that uh, that that feeling of um, of it, of emotion around loss. So yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's an aspect of the structures. But you know, most people, the majority of people going in, will not will not necessarily be touched in that way. No, I guess we can get quite lofty and and arty in the way we might talk about it. <laughs> and a lot of people are approaching it as a kind of a fun Sunday afternoon experience. Yeah. But I do love this concept that you have of the wonder of light, of light coming through this plastic as a skin and, and light as nourishment. And I, I guess I think of plants um, and photosynthesis, you know, the, the kind of membrane and the way that light is turned into into chemicals, into this energy, into sugar in, in plants and the way that it might nourish people equally. Do you think about those yeah. sorts of things much? <laughs> I, can't, I can't say that I, I have. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I've got my, I have my own kind of like uh, esoteric thoughts, um, but to, to actually bring it to that, that level of, of, say, biology and, uh, yes, photosynthesis. I, <laughs> I, I, I have not thought of that one. The, the, the name of this work is Arborelius luminarium, which does sound mm. botanical. It sounds like a plant name. Arborelius is, yeah. is a plant, is it not? Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. No, no, you're absolutely right. And, and perhaps I should have thought more deeply about, about <laughs> it. <laughs> Well, in Ototahi at the moment, you had a few delays, I think, some teething issues, your team there, and and starting up, there were some freight delays and some of our famous heat and wind at this time of the year. I mean, you must have seen a lot of these kind of issues over 30 years. I'd imagine you've seen everything. (laughs) Yes. I mean, we've experienced quite a lot of uh, extremes. I think um, I I do have a feeling, though, that Christchurch is, is 
has been for us a, a little bit more extreme than we're used to. Right. And that that combination of high heat and and wind is is um, is perhaps the most challenging kind of combination that the weather can throw at us. Well, we we better give people a little bit of a sense of the scale. That I mean, how big is this work? Well, it's it covers a ground area of approximately a thousand square meters. Uh, rises to a height, um, I think, approaching well, n- around about nine meters high. Wow! At its highest point. And um, when it comes to packing it all down, it, it it the various elements can be unzipped and rolled up as tight as possible, and they will then fit into uh, onto seven pallets, approximately twelve cubic meters. So yeah, the the volume once packed down is quite impressively small. Yeah, this must be part of the whole art of it, the, the, the being able to transport these things um, and the design of them. How many people can it contain, the Arborelius? Uh We've never, we've never actually tried to see how many people it could <laughs> contain. It's like one of those those things about you know how many people can get into a you know, a mini. Um, yeah, it could be a bit scary, couldn't it? Really? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, uh, yes. I mean, so but t- typically we so that people have got the time and the space to, to explore and be at their leisure. We we limit the capacity to eighty persons at one any one time. Yeah, um, and are you having events and performances in in this one? This is, I mean, you know, it's a, not just a sort of meditative experience. Is that you've you've often worked, and I think your your original works were with theatre makers as well. Yes, so, so to speak. The original work, um, I mean, what got me uh, started doing this um, of my own but was, you know, I was originally working on a community project that uh, was primarily focused on, in the Nottingham area in England and uh, and was the first big structure I built was one that was a collaboration with the Centre for Adults with Special Needs and wow. a theatre company. And it was conceived as a as as a performance space, and we had a, a touring company of mixed ability performers, who, and we we went round England in nineteen ninety ninety ninety. So things do happen inside, and in Christchurch, there's there there has been yoga sessions. Oh, lovely! I'm not. Uh, it's possible that there are other things. I haven't followed the program actually in terms of any other interventions, so I'm not sure if there's other other sessions planned. But you've talked about your work as being like trying to create, I guess, truly democratic spaces. I'm kind of interested in this idea of public space and, and what you do. And what do you mean by a democratic space? Well, um, I'm not. I I can't. I don't feel as though I can particularly. Uh, I think I probably have used that term without actually really reflecting reflecting on what it means. But mm. I think what I was heading towards was just a sense that it is a space where it, it, it's a space that is kind of accessible to all people, all cultures, all ages, all abilities, and it's a space that um, where there is a, a you know an, an equality in um, in. Uh, Brazil in Sao Paulo, mm. we were set up uh, in the financial district, and there you would have, have the, the the businessmen in their suits, but there were also the street kids, and mm-hmm. it, 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 it 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 you know you 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 could have you know that really diametrically 
distanced kind of sector of population, uh, you know, both inside and both, you know, experiencing um, yeah. what the structure has to offer. And I, I wonder if that, that this translates into your thinking around the design. I mean, you know, we mentioned the word cathedral there, and of course, the 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 UK, the Nottingham, these sort of areas. You know, that is that is such a major part of the architecture. But you know, we, we talk about Islamic culture, just this sort of sense of people, everyone feeling welcome. Whether you thinking about that in terms of the sorts of design ideas you're you're bringing to it. I mean, obviously, you know, I, 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 I'm interested in designing these structures and I have been, you know, doing it for a number of decades and, and still enjoy to do so. Mm. I, 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 think, I think fundamentally what I try to, where I, where I, the direction I try to go with them is, is towards some objective uh, to do with light. And I think, Mm. I think just that, that 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 the experience of light, the the sense of wonder that one can have when one is confronted with the phenomenon of light, and in the way that, uh, I mean, one can be confronted by that, you know, with a beautiful sunset, sunrise, or you know, the, those kind of things are very accessible experiences. But I think what the what it what it work, how it works with the structures, with the luminariums. Is I, I don't know. It is it 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 the the idea for me is, is to just experience something that 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 just takes me somewhere that takes me somewhere else. Yeah. I I don't think I've ever expressed <laughs> expressed my uh, being so inarticulate about this well, ever. I don't know. But, I mean, um, it, it is something that's sort of quite abstract, and this kind of sense of being bathed in light. I think of the light of a stained glass window, and this kind of sense that almost that there is substance to the light um, and, and, and the way that one feels when one is bathing in it is it's a quite a beautiful sensory experience that is very hard to explain, I imagine. I like when you say substance to the light because there is something in the structures you can, you can experience the, the light and most of the light there is indirect. It's the light that's being carried along the surfaces of the structure where you kind of hover in a kind of space that is between uh, materiality and mm. and light, because you're, you're seeing surfaces and you and you, and it somehow there's an ambiguity there. And it's one thing that I love as well about um, uh, Islamic patterns as well is is the uh, that where there's an ambiguity in what you're perceiving that that you you it, it kind of it kind of throws you into a a kind of a, almost like a meditative mindset and it's I, I don't know it's just something which i find very um nutritious i guess <laughs> yes yes nourishing and i think when you mention yoga in in, in christchurch i i kind of think of the bodily sense of meditation and and that people might actually find that they're kind of almost responding to the to the light and the structure that they're within with their bodies is kind of beautiful. <laughs> the changes over the 30, more than 30 years you've been doing this in terms of technology and to be able to use computers, uh, the, the huge rise in event culture around the world where there is a demand for portable kind of experiences like this, these must have all had a huge impact on on, on what you can, you can and can't do with, with your business, Alan. Yes, um, computers uh, in terms of design. That that's that's yeah. I mean that has been something which um, 
Not that I've necessarily been able to create something more wonderful thanks no. to mm -hmm. computers, but, but it's certainly a whole lot less laborious to get to mm. where I want to get to. And, and it means that, uh, you know, I, I can, um, yeah, I have the benefit of my my older son who, who's got some facility with computers and uh, he, he, he can do all the, 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 you know, the basic engineering uh, work on that after, you know, after, after we've thought, thought through what we want to do kind of on the aesthetic yeah. level. Well, I guess for 30 uh, years, you, you are continually, you, you're the very unique designer. And in fact, you know, there's architects out there kind of creating buildings all the time, but they don't get to, to, to build something every year of the scale and keep on pushing their design. I guess, I imagine your, yeah. your design skills um, and interests have just kind of shifted over, over that time. Yeah, I mean, I think I think my ideas have changed. Uh, you know, uh, uh, they they they've maybe refined, and they, had, they you know they've, they 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 gradually you know with each structure I learn something from it, and the the next structure will be, is usually one that you know will will take things a little bit further. We don't don't really do any don't do any kind of prototyping to test how things are going to work out because mm. we're. You know, we're not we're not a, a a big company with a huge revenue to to kind of like try and make one and see how that works and then uh, make a, make another until we've got something to go on the road. It's just as soon as we've made something, it has to work for a living, whether I like all of it or I only like bits of it. But it, it it has to go out, get out there. And I'm imagining a lot of people out there will think that computers are doing all of the work. But I I understand that you I mean you've you have a a, a factory there still in Nottingham. I think it's a former lace yeah. factory. So and everything's still yeah, we, still being made by hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have we have a a, a part of a floor, on in a lace factory, and and yes, it, it it's all cut out with. Scissors and knives, and <laughs> and the pieces are glued together with people kneeling on the floor, sticking it together. So it, it it's very basic. How many, how many people, and for how long does it take to to make one of these structures? It's probably something in the region of a uh, about eight people over a period of six months. Wow! To, yeah. to build. And and where do they come from? Where where do your workers come from? Are you are you employing other artists well, or you know? There, there's people who have worked with me for for a long, long time, mm. and the, the 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 fresher people who've come in are, are perhaps more often kind of art students who've done their course, who've got not going to be making a living out of their art, but won't need to do it just have um, yeah. you know somebody to live on. So it's not a highly skilled job. I mean, there are people in the workshop who've, who've built up a, an enormous amount of experience and who who, who know what they're doing. And um, the the plastic they use, the PVC, is it a particular type? It's one that we ha we have made for us. Wow! Um, because we have to pass. You know, we are treated as a, as a building. You know, when when safety authorities want to to evaluate it, they need to see mm. that our plastic is um, has got a very high level of uh, fire retardancy that a, a regular building would have. Oh, to right. Have. Yes. And the kind of plastic that um, that we use that is just basically a. A, a coloured PVC that has no reinforcement in it is is not typically one that is sold with a high fire retardancy. So we have to get plastic made for us. 
I'm just imagining just the, <laughs> the time over your thing where things get ripped or, or even just blow away. Have you had any of those kind of dreadful kind of accidents where the thing is just lifting well, no, off the ground? I mean, fortunately, um, we've, we've not had a, 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 a dreadful accident. I mean, the, and the, you know, the, I know that it's happened with other other structures done by other people. So far, we've, we've uh, I mean, we... we we put in a lot of controls to try and make sure that we are safe. And um, you know, the, the structures, they're all, the designs and the the, plant, the the arrangements for the anchorage, they all, they're all certified by structural engineers who do the analysis on the wind loading and whatnot. And then in terms of the staff who tour with the structures, they know the very strict parameters that they have to work in to, as far as securing the structure to the ground and paying attention to the wind uh, so yeah well I'm, i must <laughs> must take my hat out to you alan for like running this as an independent organizer as a company of your own for 30 years i mean i, I imagine you know you must have had approaches to have corporate sponsor logos plastered over it or i don't know if there'd be major touring companies wanting to pick up the work i think it's kind of very admirable that you've kept this as a a business a family business maybe and um that you know you continue to to make these every year these luminarium and and send them around the world my hat off to you I mean, it's something which uh, one of one of the first things that I had to learn was about framing. Which I uh, in, in the early days I would set up anywhere and just to try and get the revenue to keep going. But one of the earlier things that I learned, and and one of the people who was very instrumental in, in helping guide this, was. Um, Shanti, who is a New Zealander and who is working oh. on the structure in Christchurch. And it's very much about, you know, how you manage the visitor experience to make it just the best experience for as many people as possible. And a lot of that has to do with the, the how the how the the structure is framed before it even arrives on the site in terms of the information that goes out. Right. But then it's also you know how it's managed on site with our staff and working with the local staff as well. And that's something, you know, harking back to what you said about sponsors and the like, it's actually not something that it's not a particularly, um, in that sense, it's not particularly commercial. It's not something that you... you um, so it, I, over yeah. the years, you know, we have had wanted wanted people to make it more of a business. Uh, and they, you know, they see the, the, the thousand or two thousand people a day who might be paying to go in. But it's, you know, we very much want to actually manage the quality of the experience rather than manage the, the profit <laughs> that could be milked out of it. Well, kia ora to Shanti there and um, doing the hard work in Christchurch. Um, um, the, the rest of 2024, where, where are you off to with, with the work and what, what are your plans this year? We, we we never really know an awful lot from one year to the next, um, so it's it's a little bit precarious in that sense. We've got a contract in discussion at the moment. It's not fixed, but that would have us at the Lincoln Centre in New York over over three weeks oh, in lovely. April. Oh. And the the first event after Christchurch is actually in South Korea. Um, which is a, a, a three-week event, which I, I'm looking forward to very much. I think that, that because we don't often go to South Korea, 
and uh, and uh, ha having become a fan of K dramas, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it could be an interesting experience. Yeah. Well, Alan, I'm, I'm hopefully we'll get you back in Aotearoa, New Zealand again. In the meantime, thank you for sharing your your inspiring work with us. Thank you. I appreciated the conversation.